How many people you can, you can uh, as you're sitting here this morning, you're thinking about God's faithfulness. You can give testimony to uh, just a, a season of life that's been very difficult. And you look back at it and say, wow, I really don't know how I got through that, but I made it through. Can anybody ever experienced that before? You know, sometimes it's good to remind ourselves as we look back that God has been faithful to us. And in that faithfulness in the past, he's faithful in the present, and he's also faithful in the future. He always will be faithful in our future. And that's our challenge with the life of faith is to, is to remember to uh, expect God to be just as faithful tomorrow as he is today and as he was yesterday. Amen? It's, uh, you know, in the natural, it seems like it's easier to believe God. You know, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the story when, when Lazarus was raised from the uh, Jesus came and he raised Lazarus from the dead. And when he had that confrontation with uh, Lazarus' sisters, uh, they said, if he, if he would have been here, he would not have died. If he would have been here, this would not have happened. So that's faith for the past. It could have been different. Then Jesus said, well, I am the resurrection. She, and then they, they interrupt and said, yes, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. That's faith for the future. And sometimes we get confused thinking that we're living a life of faith, but what we're doing is we have a faith in the past, how things could have been and should have been, and we have faith for the future, believing that they, they will be different, they will turn out just fine, but what about faith for right now, this very moment, right now? And we say right now. Because faith is now, it's not tomorrow, it's not yesterday, it's right now faith is. So whatever you have need of, whether it be healing for your body, Relational issues, financial issues, let's just believe God for it right now. Let's believe God together. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for the joy of the Lord that strengthens us. We thank you for a peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you for the kindness and the goodness of Almighty God, that you show yourself kind to us. You show yourself good, benevolent. And, and Lord God, that you are stirring that up and you are producing that within us by the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And Father God, today as we look into the Word of God concerning your faithfulness, I thank you in Jesus' name that faith is right now and that whatever the need may be, whatever the need may be, receive it now. Healing for your body, financial breakthrough, relationship breakthroughs, healing, restoration in the name of Jesus. Name that's above every name. We thank you for favor, Lord God, for those that are believing you, for favorable outcomes in whatever circumstances they find themselves in, that they're believing you, Lord God, for the favor of God. That May that be manifested now in Jesus' name, that we're not deceiving ourselves thinking, well, it'll work out sometime down the road, uh, but Lord God, that faith is right now. We receive it now, and we thank you that you are faithful Faithful, faithful, faithful to make it happen, to cause it to happen right now in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, today we're going to continue, as, as Pastor Rodney mentioned, on our series called Peeled, uh, What's Under Your Skin. And today we're looking at this topic of faithfulness. And, of course, uh, the, the Word of God, you go through the Scriptures and you just find faithfulness from Old Testament all the way through to the end because that's who God is. He is faithful to us. So the faithfulness that we're looking at today concerning the fruit of the Spirit 
is the quality of steadfast loyalty and a firm adherence to promises. The quality of steadfast loyalty and a firm adherence to promises. Faithfulness, it's all about God. That's who God is, and it's all about who we are as Christians because we are to be imitators of God. Probably one of my favorite verses, I mean, like I mentioned, it's just that the scriptures are full of uh, to the faithfulness of God. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 13, that's in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13, it says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Is that not powerful? Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Come on. Let's try this again. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. That is so powerful. God remains faithful to his promises. Even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. That's who he is. And that should be our goal is that we are found faithful regardless of how other people around us in our spheres of influence, whether it be in our marriage, whether it be in our relationships uh, um, with our children or with others that we are in, in, relation, in community with or in relationship with. When other people fail to keep their promise, that is not an excuse for us to bail on our promise. We remain faithful to our promise like God remains faithful to his word. He cannot deny himself. So let's not be denying ourselves. Let's not be reneging on our commitment to God and to God's word based on whether other people are faithful to their word or not. Because I'm telling you, we live in a culture, I'm sure you know this, you've experienced this, it's all around us, but we live in a culture, the pandemic of unfaithfulness. In almost every arena of life, we see unfaithfulness everywhere. So it's important that we, as children of God, as followers of God, as worshipers of God, proclaiming to be Christ-like, that we are, are producing and walking in the fruit of faithfulness, that quality, that steadfast loyalty, and that firm adherence to the promises of God and also the promises that we make to one another. In Galatians 5.22, we have listed, the Apostle Paul listed the various manifestations of, 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 the, of the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, today we're looking at faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And this faithfulness flows from faith in God. And it's the evidence of the Spirit's control in the life of faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm going to read a couple of verses in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. Beginning at verse 4, he said, Always, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's thanking God for his faithfulness. He says, I thank my God for you and for the gracious gift he has given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now, you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong. 
to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Verse 9, God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God has invited us into this partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and that God is faithful to do what he says, and he invited us into this partnership. So if God is faithful to do what he has promised, we are invited into relationship with him through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We also are to develop faithfulness to do what we say and to do what we promise. Then a few uh, pages back in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. It says, so look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ. And the reason he's saying this is because they had been, there's been a debate going on. So I'm, a, I'm a Apollos, I'm a Paul, and I'm a Christ. You know, debating who they really are following. And so Paul's just kind of saying, listen, it's all about Jesus Christ. He says, so look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of explaining God's mystery. Now, a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. Everyone say, must be faithful. Now, don't exempt yourself thinking, well, I haven't been put in charge as a manager. You have been put in charge as a manager of the, of the time, the talents, and the treasures that God has given you. You are to be a steward, a manager of all that God has entrusted to you. Therefore, it's important that you be faithful in all that God has called you to. So faithfulness, flowing from your faith in God, your faith in God. So it's important that you continue to keep it vibrant. You continue to stay connected with God and, and really continue to flow in everything that God has deposited within you. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14, there's a parable. There's a, one of the stories that Jesus gave, the parable of three servants. And these particular servants, and this, what I like about this particular parable is he's, he's using this one as a, to give us a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Sometimes we, you know, we can, as mere mortals, we can sit here on planet earth and we think, wow, what's it really like in heaven? What's it like in heaven? Must really be awesome. But here he's telling us that what the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated and Jesus gave this illustration by sharing the story of a man going on a long trip, in verse 14. And he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So he gave, verse 15, he gave, the, uh, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he left he then left on his trip. The, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, 
Their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. He said, well done, my good and, say it, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You notice how the, the, the owner, the master, a type of Jesus Christ, is celebrating faithfulness. He's celebrating their faithfulness, their time, how they invested it, and their talents, how they stewarded it. Verse 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathered crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. I find it interesting that this servant said, I was afraid. And the master replied, you're wicked and lazy. He didn't say anything about fear. Many times people are lazy, too lazy to do their homework. And they'll use the excuse, well, I was afraid. I was just afraid, yada, 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 fill in the blanks. And many times it comes down into the fact that uh, it's not really a fear factor. It's a laziness factor. Moving right along. <laughs> if you knew, there's the master's response of rest of it in verse 26. He said, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. At least I could have, could have gotten some interest on it. So what we see here on the subject of faithfulness from this particular story of the three different servants, the one with the five bags of silver, the one with the two bags of silver, and the one that received the one bag of silver, what we can learn from this on the subject of faithfulness is that God wants us to be faithful with our time and our talents and our Treasures. He gave these bags to these individuals, and I want you to notice that it was according to it was according to their abilities. In uh, verse fifteen, it said he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing in proportion to their abilities. God has given you the responsibility to steward your time your talent, and your treasure according to your gifting, your abilities. What is your gifting? What abilities has God graced you with? And it's for you to discover that and for you to invest that time wisely 
and to spend that time wisely and to bring about increase for the kingdom of God. God's expectation of you in your faithfulness as expressed here in this particular story is not merely to maintain what you have. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for giving me this gift. I'm going to treasure it and I'm going to take good care of it. Matter of fact, I'm going to put it in a safe deposit box. I'm going to lock it up and uh, when you call for it, when you come back, I'll give it back to you just like you gave it to me. The owner here re rebuked the servant that just simply locked it up. He, in this case, he, he dug a hole in the ground and he buried it. Today, you might put it in a safe deposit box or you may just keep it internal. You never cultivate it. You, you, never, you, you, you never cause it to increase. And what God is looking for in the kingdom concerning your gift of of, of faithfulness, your expression of faithfulness is the expectation is that not merely to maintain that which God has given you. What God is looking for and wants you to be faithful is to bring about in the kingdom of God, uh, not only a, a maintenance, but a creative stewardship that results in increase. Everyone say increase. That's what God is looking for. That is what the kingdom of God is like. You say, what's the kingdom of God? What's the government of God? What's, how are we to conduct our lives as Christians? We are to be proactive as born-again children of God, and we are to be very much engaged in our time, with our time and our talents and our treasures, and investing them in the kingdom of God, investing them here on the earth to express God's kingdom, to bring about increase of the kingdom on the earth. We are here to go into all the world and to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And there's many ways, multiple ways in which that is expressed. And you have been given a gift. You've been given time. You've been given a talent and, and, and a treasure. And it's, it's, it's upon you to discover what has God gifted me with. What is my gift? What is my talent? What treasure has he entrusted me with? How am I to be investing my time? How am I, uh, what, what is my particular talent that I have? And how can I invest that in the kingdom of heaven? How am I to be faithful in that, to be true to the word of God, to be true to the promises of God, to be true to the time, the talent, and the treasure that he deposited within me? How can I best give expression to that, to be faithful in that? And to never allow yourself to become unfaithful because of unfavorable circumstances. A lot of unfaithfulness. People excuse unfaithfulness, and it's always, it's uh, almost always, put on the fact that someone else didn't keep their end of the bargain. So I'm not keeping my end of the bargain. And people are just, you know, have not grown and have not developed in the fruit of I'm staying faithful. I'm staying committed to the word of God. I'm staying true to what God has called me to do. To what's my responsibility? That's my job to be responsible. The one that received the five bags of silver, he invested the five bags and he gained five more. The one that had the two, he invested his two and he gained two more. And they were commended. That faithfulness was commended. How they invested that, it, it may have been expressed differently. But it was over a long period, after a long time, the owner came back. So time is of essence. When we think of faithfulness, we think of, it's easy to be faithful for a moment. 
It's easy to be married throughout your honeymoon. Then you might say, well, it's easy to be married a year. It's easy to be married two years. But, you know, it takes faithfulness to be married on the long, for the long run. It takes faithfulness to stay committed to whatever God has called you into for the long haul. It takes faithfulness. You don't stay with something when you're unfaithful. You just blow it off and you go do something else and let other people suffer the consequences. Or you just might say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful, so I'm just going to take what God has and I'm going to protect it. I'm going I'm to dig myself a hole and I'm going to deposit everything that God has given me and I'm just going to bury it and I'm just going like, to like coast through life and, and uh, I'm not going to take any chances, but I'm not going to take any risk. I, I, I want to be ever so cautious. God's not looking for you to be cautious. He's looking for you to be wise but to be wise and to be led by the Holy Spirit will cause you uh, many times to take steps of faith, steps of obedience. Steps of faith, steps of obedience. Many times people say, well, you know, you just need to learn how to follow peace when you talk about being led by God and being led by the Spirit. And sometimes I, I challenge that. I know there's a supernatural peace, but sometimes you just say, well, follow after peace because the very thing that God calls you to and the very steps of faith and obedience that he calls you to are the very things that can unnerve you. It can cause you to be, it, you know, it can, it, can, it can stir up an anxiety. Now, I know there's a peace that supersedes that, so I, I know the principle of following after peace and you're down in your gut, but also it the, 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 the tension is that when you're following after God in faith and you want to be faithful to God, it can also feel very unsettling. You can also, like, like the servant that buried his uh, treasure, he dug the hole, he said, I was afraid. I was afraid. So we don't want to end our lives saying, well, I was afraid. We don't want to have a, we don't want to receive the rebuke of I was afraid and that which was given to us is actually given to someone else that was faithful. That principle is found throughout the word as well, especially in the parable of the sower. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, we're talking about obedience. We're talking about someone who had an opportunity, didn't take advantage of it, was not faithful in the opportunity, and they lost that opportunity to someone else that was faithful to, to steward it well and, to, and, and to, to bring about increase in the kingdom of heaven. So God is not looking uh, for, maintenance, for maintenance only, but he's looking for a creative stewardship resulting in increase. And remember, it's always in proportion to your abilities. What has God gifted you in? What is your uh, responsibility? And, and stay true to God. And, and don't get yourself confused and discouraged and become unfaithful because it may not look like yours is increasing like someone else's. The man that, that had the two bags of silver invested his wisely and he gained uh, two more bags of silver. The master was just as pleased with him as he was with the one with the five. He brought increase. He doubled his. The man with the five doubled his. The one with the two doubled his. But he didn't have as much as the man with the five. But that's not the point. The point isn't, well, mine is bigger, mine's larger, mine's more effective. No. What has God deposited in you? And are you being faithful to do what God has called you to? What's your gifts? What's your skill set? How are you using your time? How are you investing it? 
Be faithful in it. Stick with it. It's in proportion to their abilities. So God has gifted you in proportion to your ability. I have no platinum albums, and I never will. <laughs> I can dream about it. I've even given up dream. I have given up dreaming about it a long, long time ago. <laughs> I do not have the gift of singing. That's not my talent. But I'm purposing to be faithful in the things that God has skilled me with. So sometimes you need to understand what's not your gifting as well as to know what is your gifting. But primarily discover what is your gift, what is your skill set, and then recognize that God has gifted me with something and it's according to my abilities. I can't come to the end of my life and give an account for faithful and give an account for faithful and say, well, I wasn't able to do that. Because he has gifted me according to my abilities. He's gifted you according to your ability. So be faithful in it. Stick with it. You have that steadfast loyalty, that firm adherence to the promises that God has given you. God is true to his promises. Even when we mess up and we are unfaithful, God will not deny himself. He will be faithful to you. In small things and in big things. He's faithful. He can't deny himself. Open up your heart to get a revelation of God is faithful. Don't write yourself off. Don't sell yourself short. Don't give up thinking, well, I failed God in this area, and I failed him over here, and so he has every right not to be faithful to his word towards me because, after all, I messed up here. Your mess-ups do not change the character of God. I mean, what, what are we doing with Christianity? Who do we think we are that if, if my mess up messes God up? <laughs> if my not walking in love takes God out of love toward me, meaning that God only loves me when I love perfectly, God can only love me wholly and perfectly, and God can only be faithful to me when I am absolutely 100% faithful and walking in love 100% of the time. I would like to believe I can, but I know that I'm living in the flesh, and there are moments and there are seasons when I'm not functioning in the love of God. And that moment that I'm not functioning in the love of God does not mean that God's not loving me completely because his word even declared when I'm not faithful, he remains faithful. He's not going to deny himself because I'm coming up weak. He loves you. He will always love you. He is faithful to you. And he's given you the gift according to your ability, and he's expecting you to steward according to your ability to steward your time, your talent, and your treasure. 
Give it all to him. Give it your very best and purpose to grow in faithfulness, purpose to, to become even more faithful in everything that God has entrusted to you and just purpose that, you know what? I'm going to bring about a creative stewardship that results in increase because I know it's in proportion to my abilities and I know that as I am investing and working, it's going to, uh, it's going to equal increase and this is an illustration of what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what we're all about, demonstrating heaven on earth to a lost and dying world, to people that have not yet been introduced to the love of God. That's what our stewardship is all about. That's why we invest our time in the things that we invest our time in. That's why we invest and, and, and are faithful to our, our, our talents and our treasures to the degree that God has called us to, that we are to be faithful and that we can hear also when he comes back or when we stand before him, well done, good and faithful. And we say good and faithful. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate. Jesus celebrates faithfulness. And you are faithful because you have the spirit of God within you and the fruit of the spirit is faithfulness. And so continue to grow in it. Be faithful. Be faithful as a servant. Be faithful as a student. And be faithful as a steward of everything that God has entrusted you. Be faithful of every opportunity, of all the resources that he has entrusted to you. You can do it. Be faithful to him. Let, allow him to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. Be a faithful student of the word of God. Be, be diligent to get into the Word of God, to be listening to the, to the Word, to be reading the Word of God, and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God, of God. It was uh, last year, during, uh, 2020, it's during the time of uh, things were still pretty much shut down during the pandemic, and uh, I remember early on in that, that particular season, I had sensed the, the Holy Spirit uh, challenging me into uh, just, just, just wean myself of all media, of especially news channels. Everything. Just get off of it. Don't be listening to it. And so I did that. I just stopped watching the news. It's amazing how much you know about what's going on when you don't even watch the news. There's, nothing, there's, there's enough sound bites that here and there, but people say this or say that, and it's like, okay. I mean, I could tell that things were loosening up again because of the, the traffic count. Early on during the pandemic, I could leave my house and come to the office here and not even see another car. Eventually, I started seeing some cars, and then I started seeing some trucks, and I thought, okay, things are loosening up. <laughs> but my, my, my point being is during that time of weaning off of it, there's different times I, I find myself scrolling my phone or I'd have the radio on in my car and, and uh, some news channel come on or some talk radio stuff would come on. And, and as soon as I, I'd be a, a minute or two into it, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't be sitting in the seat of the scornful. The seat of the scornful. Because in Psalm, Psalm 1, it's blessed is the man that sits not in the seat of the scornful and those stands in the, you know, among sinners. 
And the idea there is in the, in the town square where all the news and, and, and the chatter and, and, the, and the gossip was taking place. That's the picture there is the person that was standing in the middle of the mix of everything that was going on. That, that's where you found out what's going down in, in, in the town square. So the psalmist is saying, don't be involved in that town square meeting every morning. You don't need to be involved in that, but rather be faithful to meditate on the Word of God, be thinking on the Word of God. And to this day, when I catch myself doing a, a scroll or taking a peek or have the radio on, immediately I hear that the seat of the scornful, the mockers, turn it off, turn it off. And so I, I was called, you know, I believe it's an assignment for myself, and you can take the challenge as well, but to wean myself off of it. And to really begin, rather than doing that, is to spend that time meditating and reflecting on the good things of God, on God's faithfulness. And it's amazing for me personally, it's been, it's been a season of refreshing. It's been a season of, a, of, of learning how to be content and learning how to be faithful in the midst of some very trying circumstances and also bring me to a place where I'm looking to God and trusting in his reliability, trusting in his faithfulness, trusting in the one that is true to every promise rather than getting torn and, and tossed back and forth by by whatever sources of media you're listening to and, and, and just a multitude of opinions coming from different people, just shutting all that down and saying, Lord, I'm going to be listening to you. I'm going to be meditating on the word of God because you are faithful to your promises and your promises do not change in the year 2020 just because the culture uh, uh, experienced the pandemic. That doesn't change your word. It doesn't change your faithfulness. It doesn't change your promises. Your promises are still yes and amen. And I can trust you, I can rely on you, and I'm going to lean in on you like I never have before. And I am expecting that you will continue to be faithful in every season in Jesus' name. The scriptures tell us in the Old Testament, one of my favors is Deuteronomy 7, 9, says, therefore know that the Lord your God... He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So, Father, I thank you this morning that in Jesus' name, for the Grace Church family, that you are the Lord our God. I thank you and I praise you, Father God, that uh, you, you are God, the faithful God who keeps covenant with us and mercy toward us. Uh, for a thousand generations as we continue to love you and to keep your commandments. You are the faithful Lord God. You are infinitely reliable and you can be counted on at all times for you are constant and you are unchangeable. What you did yesterday, you'll do it again today. And we thank you for it, Lord God, in Jesus' name, name above all name. And I thank you, Lord God, that your word declared that you so loved us that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to Calvary's cross to die for us and to shed his blood and to cleanse us of all of our sin. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for your uh, promise to, to uh, keeping covenant and establishing covenant with us and how you've established this covenant with Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We praise you. We give you the honor and the glory for that. So, Father, I thank you that that same love 
You are still faithful in loving. You are still faithful in forgiving. And you are still faithful in drawing mankind unto yourself through your goodness. So you're here today and you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or perhaps you're watching us online and you never made that commitment to accept Christ as your Savior, as the forgiver of your sin. The Word of God is very uh, clear on it, that God loved you. He loved all of us. He so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for the world. And that meant that he died. He he died at the cross. He shed his blood to cleanse us of all of our sin. And it says, and, and whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So if you believe that promise and God is faithful to his promise, you believe that in your heart and you admit that and you confess that with your mouth. The Bible says with the mouth, confession is made resulting in salvation. So let's pray that together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. For Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I believe that he died at Calvary's cross. I believe that he shed his blood to cleanse me, to forgive me of all my sin. I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father, for making me a new person. Old things are done away with. And all things are made brand new. In Jesus' name, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, again, if you're here for the first time or you prayed that prayer for the first time, we invite you to stop by our connections room off to my left. And uh, also, you just have an awesome, wonderful day. If you've received Jesus Christ uh, with us from our online family, we want to encourage you to get in touch with us. We'd love to also uh, hear about that. And then we have some information we'd love to send you to resource you with some good information. God bless you. Have a terrific rest of the day. And remember, starting at 6 o'clock tonight, we have our summer camp. So if you're not involved in any way at all, you can be involved by praying for all the children that are coming. It's an awesome net that's being cast and we're expecting a lot of children make a commitment to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So keep it all in prayer. God bless you. We love you and we'll see you next Sunday morning.